You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Steven Gagliano giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome. 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 On in to the latest episode of the Off Air podcast. Chris Thomas joined as always by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Steven Gagliano. And Steve, what a weekend it was. Highs and lows abound for the local teams here in Atlanta. Um, That's where we will begin because Georgia showed it was indeed the number one team in the country with a wire-to-wire uh, not blowout victory, but it felt that way, even though the score wouldn't indicate it. And then the Falcons falconed in the most falcony falcon way possible. Uh, so our job this week with a short game, a short turnaround with the Falcons playing the Panthers on Thursday, will be as a radio station to digest, react, and then keep it moving. That's that's what we're tasked with. And and that's probably the best case scenario for the Falcons. So we don't have to harp on what happened at the end of that Charger game this week, because if this was a normal week and the game was on a Sunday, we would probably kind of stretch that conversation out into Monday, Tuesday and then Wednesday before we start to turn the page to Carolina. But now I think today will be the focus on what the hell happened with TQ Graham and Austin Eckler and breaking down that, you know, I I don't even know what to call it. I'll say hilarity as that ensued, but that, that was as wild of an end. Falcons, falconing, falconing the only way that the Falcons can Falcon eventually. And maybe we'll wait until later in the season, but we would already have enough ammunition to do this, but we'll have to rank the Falcons endings of the 2022 season. Because I think in the last two weeks, we've had number one and number two with the Panthers game and now the Chargers game. So I I tweeted out the Falcons are only playing drunk games for the rest (laughs) of the season. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to describe it. And they sure as hell did yesterday. And again, like you mentioned, coming off of the kind of the high of a Georgia victory for so many of the crossover fans that are Georgia fans and Falcons fans, you go from you know, kind of putting your stamp at the top of college football saying, hey, we're still here. I know Tennessee's the hot new thing, but Georgia's still Georgia. And you go from that to what happened at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday. That's a a kick where the sun don't shine. Yeah, I'm not even, like, mad at this one, Steve. It's just kind of like, man, like, really? Right. Like, your your 350 pound defensive lineman is gonna recover a ball and then try to run it 60 yards down the field and just drops it in, in out of thin air wasn't even touched he just drops the ball 
Like, we have to come on the air this week on this radio station, Steve, and talk about a 350-pound defensive tackle dropping the ball out of nowhere in open space, which was recovered by the offense, and then they get all the yardage back in one play and win the game. I mean, that, uh, it's hard uh, to it's hard to even place blame. And and I think Arthur Smith did a really great thing post game by kind of sticking up for TQ. And yep. you know that's not something that I think every head coach would do. Uh, and the way that he kind of said, "Look, it, it's a funny shaped ball. It's he's a defensive lineman running down the field. That doesn't happen. It's not like he practices running with the ball every day. So oh. it is hard to to really place blame, I guess." But on the other end of that uh, spectrum, well, just hold on to the damn ball, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's hard to place blame. You're taught one. Th- I played. Listen, I played defensive line in high school. I was taught one thing: if your unathletic big behind happens to get your hands on a football, you do one thing: fall down and get in a fetal position. And hold on to that ball as if it was a gold brick. And that's it. You do not move with it. You do not run with it. You do not lateral it. You do not high step it. You do not try to find a seam. You do not try to get a caravan behind you. Wait for your blockers to set up in front of you. No, because the likelihood of you doing that or the likelihood of you doing what TQ did, it's about 90-10. That what TQ did is going to be the result as opposed to you getting your 10 seconds of glory and trying to score a touchdown or get down into the, into the red zone. You fall down like the unathletic bear that you are and you get into the fetal position, Steve. That's what I was thing, taught at 15 years old. The best thing I heard this morning. So I'm in, I was in for morning updates today as opposed to the afternoon when I'm normally here. I was talking to Hugh Douglas uh, during a break of the morning show, and he said all TQ could see in front of him was free wings for life at Magic City here in Atlanta. <laughs> That's why he was so motivated to run and make it to the end zone, and he said he just fumbled it away. But Hugh Douglas, again, was on the, uh, was on the, the side of the spectrum of that you can't really blame him for, for being a 350-pounder trying to run with the football for the first time. But <sighs> – I mean, I I blame him to a certain extent. Just fall down, man. <laughs> fall down, and you win the game. Yeah. You fall down, and you win the game. They, all they have to do at that point is get, like, they'd have, like, 90 seconds to get 20 yards, and Koo could have hit a chip shot field goal to win the game. By the way, a little side note, he's not having the best season, young way Koo. Yeah, he missed a, a crucial 50-yarder. That would have yeah. made it 20-14 to 14, uh, what, early in the fourth quarter. Subsequently, it would have been tied at the end as opposed to – I think he has four or five missed field goals on the season already, um, mm. which I think is more than he had all of last season. So uh, just a side note, uh, he hasn't really caught any strays. He's still one of the best kickers in the league. But when you go back and look at the critical plays of this game um, – Kyle Pitts also uh, should have had a touchdown in this game. Uh, Mariota also overthrew him on another play. Um, Where do you place, uh, speaking of placing blame, and, and it's a harder one to decipher, and I, I ask because literally everywhere on social media yesterday, different people within our station, 
who do you blame for the the Mariota Pitts overthrow? I guess late in the fourth quarter because on the broadcast they said Pitts. A lot of people on Twitter said Mariota. Uh, it's just it's a hard one to decipher. If it's an overthrow, you usually blame the quarterback. If it's an underthrow, nah, maybe reverse that. If it's an underthrow, you usually blame the quarterback. If it's an overthrow, depending on how draped the receiver is, I guess you can blame the receiver. Um, this one seemed to be more of a route thing. Some were yeah. saying that it should have went up the field. Others said continue running the post. So it, it was a weird one to <laughs> – to judge and i would say in that scenario kyle pitts is wide open so if you're mario to just put a little more air under it wherever you're throwing it and allow him the chance to adjust to it but he's so mariota's so hit or miss with the deep ball this season because he has that one he's had a few to drake london um but then he's hit ones to like demir bird out of nowhere and Kaderil hodge i mean he's 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 really um He's really at his best in like the intermediate throws where you get those like chunk plays. That's his specialty. And they 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 had a bunch of those yesterday too. But when you ask him to wind up and just gun it, I mean, look at the first play of the game in the Seattle game. I mean, that should have been seven nothing off the rip, and they just right. That was a Pitts, dead overthrow. Yeah, I guess that's maybe an area that Kyle should work on in the offseason is uh his deep ball route running and his and trying to catch those balls. Cause let's face it, that's different than trying to catch a contested ball in traffic or in the, in, in the uh, intermediate routes where you can use your big body when you're just running straight line speed, that's just all hands and vision and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, listen, he's not a perfect player. It's his second year and Mariota is certainly not a perfect player, but at the end of the day, Steve, this one, I mean, they blew it again. I mean, there's really I know. No I feel like we try to avoid using they, that phrase with the Falcons, but sometimes you gotta come, you gotta say it. But uh, they should it, have two more wins, they should have beat the Saints in week one, and they should have won this game. I mean, yeah. it's it's growing pains, it's it's Arthur Smith establishing his, his culture, and and it all comes with it. But those were two games, this team could easily 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 be six maybe seven wins right now and have a two or three game lead in the division instead of being tied with a tampa team that you know won a game by the skin of its teeth yesterday brady had to turn back the clock and finally looked like himself for the first time in a month uh and now you know we'll see what happens on thursday because you lose this one to the panthers they got – I was looking at their schedule this morning. They have two or three more winnable games that they'll be, if not favored, it'll be right there. And then they have a they have a tough stretch to end the season. So they got to take advantage – the next month or so is going to be the, the telltale sign because they – in my opinion, they need to be able to sustain a couple losses in the last three or four weeks of the season. Because yeah, those games against the Commanders, the Bears, the Steelers, those are right. your, your most critical. And obviously Thursday against the Panthers. I think those are your four yeah. most crucial games here. You, you, you got to win three. Fresh. You got to win. Th- if you want to be a playoff team, you got to win three of those. Um, do you have the schedule pulled up there? I can. 
Yeah, look at the last. I'll pull it up too. Look at the, look at their last like four or five games of the season. They, they are not easy. Yeah, so um, you go Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Bucks as your yeah. last four. So the next four are winnable, and the last four. So you got to go. You got to go three and one in this next stretch, and then if you go two and two in the last stretch. I think that'll put you where you need to be to be vying for either the division or that last wild card spot. But if they yep. trip up and like like they did last year, lose a game to the Commanders on the last second with that JD McKissick swing pass from Taylor Heineke, that's another game they should have won last year. <sighs> Falcons, Falconing, Falconing, Falcons. I think that'll be the title of this segment. Yeah. Um, But with that, great win for Georgia. We'll see what happens on Thursday. Falcons need to rebound. But, Steve, that was a tough watch yesterday. Uh Uh-oh. We got the whole thing going. That's all right. It's it's all right. Listen, our special effects crew decided (laughs) that today for a big Monday show, we needed the full transition sounder. I support it. Um, Sad news over the weekend, Steve. I was actually on the air when I read this. Um, I didn't talk about it because I felt like it it didn't really suit our audience, but it definitely suits this podcast and it suits me and it suits you. Um, Aaron Carter passed away over the weekend, uh, tragically, at 34. Uh, for those who don't know, Aaron Carter is the younger brother of Nick Carter, who is the uh, pretty boy from the Backstreet Boys. You might say they're all pretty boys, but he was the pretty boy of the pretty boys. The blonde hair, uh, you know, I think he was the second lead guy, uh, singer-wise. And then uh, you had the three guys in the back that were kind of just there. Um, he passed away tragically over the weekend. And this one was was really sad for me because uh, growing up in the 90s, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were the boy bands of our time. And yep. uh, Aaron, I remember when Aaron Carter came out with his own music, he was like 10 years old with a little squeaky voice. He was like, he was kind of the guy that like set the mold for the Justin Bieber's of the world, honestly. Uh, you know, these young kids to come out and sing to the swooning uh, crowds of 13 to 20 year old girls throughout the country, filling stadiums and stuff. And uh, that fame and then kind of getting out of the limelight sort of led him down a darker path. And he battled drug addiction for years. And, you know, he was kind of unrecognizable by the time he was, uh, you know, close to his passing face tattoos and, you know, kind of like a disheveled look, uh, almost like a machine gun Kelly wannabe type uh, without the drive or the talent at this point in his career anymore so just really sad Steve and it made me think about you know all the the not not artists in general that we've lost but just just artists from our generation growing up we've had a lot of young deaths and it's just it's really unfortunate it really is and the thing that struck me was 34 it, you know growing up as a kid in the 90s and all that and I was born in 94 you all you kind of hear these guys on the radio and CDs at the time. And you think they're, you know, not much older than you, but to know that he was only six, six years older than me. And uh, what, five years older than you. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's interesting to make you really think like, man, these are just 
they really are just kids when they're thrown into that kind of spotlight and to have them have to deal with that their whole lives. And when you, when you get away from it, like he did, you don't have, you know, structure in your life and, and something to kind of keep you on the path. So it, it's really a shame to, to see that happen to a guy that, you know, whether you liked to admit it or not as a child, or when you got a little older into the teenage years, we all listened to it. We all loved it and enjoyed it. And yeah, Aaron Carter, a guy that brought a lot of joy to a lot of people and, you know, to see it end this way is just really sad. Uh, what was the one that impacted you the most? Cause I know mine is easy. It's Chester Bennington, uh, the former lead singer for Lincoln park. Uh, that was mm. my favorite band uh, growing up as a kid. I wore out uh, hybrid theory and Meteora, their first two albums. I, I know if I don't know every word to every song on both of those albums, it's damn near close. And uh, really the only time I've ever gotten like physically emotional over a celebrity athlete or, you know, entertainer musician dying was Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. Because for me, that absolutely came out of nowhere. I had no idea he was struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts. And uh, I think that one was a lot like the, what happened to Kurt Cobain for the generation before us. Yeah, I think so. And Lincoln Park really, re not recently, but about six months or a year ago, I kind of went back and it was, you know, I heard a song and it triggered the thought of, I don't really have much on my like Spotify downloads because I had switched over from Apple Music to Spotify. And I just downloaded a bunch of Linkin Park songs in a row. And like now they've been added into my workout mix and stuff. It's really great to listen to for, for that kind of stuff. Mine, probably Mac Miller, I think was mm, one. Okay. Again, that you don't see it coming. It's, you know, it kind of hits you in it. Like you with the Aaron Carter one, I was on the air when it happened. I was doing a high school show in Mississippi and it just kind of started coming across my computer screen. And in the world that we live in today, a lot of like Twitter hoax things, and you hate to think that initially, but you know, right. I, I didn't really believe it. And then it just kind of kept on coming. And Mac Miller is one that it was not when I was a kid, but more in a high school age is when we just we would not stop listening to the different mixtapes of his that that kind of came out and we would just listen to him all the time whether we were just getting our driver's license and riding around thinking we were cool um stuff like yeah. that at parties putting it on so mac miller was the one that just out of nowhere hit me and really just bummed me out for me that uh that high school riding around cd was man on the moon by kid cuddy Oh, that's another uh, his, great one. His, his first album. Um, and uh, he's actually making his way, funny enough, into the movie scene. Um, there's a cult horror movie out called X. I know you're not a big fan, but uh, it's a really good movie. And he actually plays one of the main characters in it. And he's not bad. Um, he was in that Need for Speed movie that didn't really live up to the hype with Aaron Paul also. Oh, I never even heard of it. So, Oh, uh, yeah. It's not really worth your time. I, I grew up playing those video games on like the computer and stuff. And so I was, yeah. I was excited when it came out and cause I, I like the fast and the furious movies. I haven't, I didn't see nine because I think it's over at this point, but uh, I always liked those. So I thought I'd like the need for speed movie and it was garbage. Yeah. Uh, I used to play those games at like uh, we had a place called sports world in New Jersey. I'm sure there's a million of them. It, it wasn't, it was like an arcade on steroids. It was like, it was an arcade, 
but it also had like indoor roller coasters and like a huge like prize wall where you get tickets for winning games and stuff like that and it had a laser tag room and it had a bowling alley in it mm. it was it was awesome so i used to play need for speed and turtles in time and the x-men video game and the simpsons video game oh man you're bringing back Is that the simpsons hit and run no that was oh. the simpsons where it's like a, the side scroller where you pick your character and like they each have their own weapon like bart has a skateboard homer has a big hamburger marge gotcha. has a vacuum cleaner that you like beat <laughs> that you beat the, the bad guys with it's, it was really really fun uh so there you go a little little trip down nostalgia lane with the unfortunate passing of uh aaron carter and you know that one hitting home for me and steve because we were right at that age when the boy band craze was going on and uh you know we send our best to the carter family and uh you know rest just rest in peace what else can you say it's unfortunate All right, Steve, from one unfortunate situation to another, and this one just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I didn't hear this happen live. I was, what was I doing? Oh, I was food shopping. But I saw it all over Twitter as soon as I got home, and I was like, what the hell happened? Terry, what did you do? Our Hall of Fame audio clip for this week, um, Terry Bradshaw hit a nerve with a lot of people because he clearly just wasn't thinking when he said this. Well, I'd like they're to not going to do it. They just can't do well, it. Yeah. The, their mentality is throw, 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 throw. I think if this kid ran five or six runs in a row, I think he'd commit suicide or something. They whoa, have to throw. Whoa, it. whoa, that's a little dark for this audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's a little, a little dark for all of us. They <laughs> just, they just don't seem to care anything about the running game. That's just the way it is. Um, I don't even know what t- I think he was talking about the Cardinals. I'm yeah. not entirely sure. Um, but Steve, I mean, for a guy who's been on the air as long as him and to deal with everything going on in the world these days with, you know, the sensitivity to, um, you know, different social groups and races and religions and people who are affected by physical and mental health. Um, how does he not know to go there, man? It's, it's, per- honestly, it's more, it, it was shocking, but for mm-hmm. me, it was even more just like perplexing than shocking. Like Terry, what, what are you doing? Right. You, there are so many other comparisons that you can make and it's, we talk about sports. We have fun talking about sports and that's where things need to stay. You can't bring a real life issue like suicide and mental health even into the conversation you can't allow it to enter the conversation when you're especially on such a major platform like he's on right but so i was i didn't hear it i was on a plane i was flying back from chicago i went to notre dame uh clemson this weekend and they have the little were you on the were you on the did did you have a pleasant experience or an unpleasant i did not it was was an unpleasant one my uh my brother's a clemson graduate so him and like 10 of his friends were all going up there so we turned it into a big family trip oh no Uh, yeah stayed in chicago that's out two hours to south bend clemson not even put up a fight that's a thousand dollars down the drain right there (laughs) Exactly. Thankfully, I went with my parents, so they uh, they took care of that part of it. Okay, there you go. But yeah, so I was flying back, and they had, they have the TV screens on most planes now, and you can watch live TV. So I had it on Fox, just getting ready for the game, 
uh, and I had my headphones in listening to music before the game started. And I saw the reaction of everybody else around Terry Bradshaw. So I was like, Oh right. man, I gotta, I gotta find this when we land. So I was able to check Twitter and see what he said, but yeah, it, going back to what I was saying, you just, you can't really, you can't equate the two keep sports as this fun distraction from real life. And you can't allow that kind of language to enter your, your mind when you're on the air. And that's something that we deal with, you know, a lot as well. I know, there are times where I'll catch myself kind of whatever. If I'm cursing a lot, just in conversation with friends, I always know I got to stop that. So I don't just roll into it when I'm right. on the air or something like that. Yeah. He he's too comfortable. I guess, I guess that's yeah. what it comes down to. He, like I said, he's been doing this job for forever. He has his own TV show now um, on like Bravo or something like that, where they follow around his family um, he's all over your TV and your radio, uh, but you just you can't invoke that sort of stuff. And and I just again I just don't understand how it could be at the tip of your tongue like that. Like that's that's the first place you go with your right. answer instead of the last place that you go with your answer, as it should be. Like have ha have you not been watching TV the last week with everything going on with Kyrie Irving? I mean, it should, if anything, it should be more at the forefront of your mind because of everything going on in the, in the media today with Kanye West and Kyrie Irving. Um, so I don't understand how that can be the first place that you go. You need to have that governor, that filter. Um, so I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything if he's going to get disciplined or not. Maybe he should take a week off. Yeah, I... It's interesting, and, and there's so many different levels to the argument of what happens now. Um, you know, Terry Bradshaw, he, he's built up a lot of equity in, in the world of, of broadcast to know that this isn't something that's going to happen often with him, and it, it's a one-time thing. But that word, you know, and the suicide as a, as a I shouldn't say a topic, but just as as what he did using that as like, a, Oh, if this happened, he'd commit suicide. I think that's a phrase that is still kind of being worked out of commonplace conversation. Uh, I, I think you saw it with, you know, the R word now. That's exactly you know, what I was going to say. Growing up that word um, mm -hmm. wasn't, it was used so nonchalantly in conversation that and and the G word too, yep. like using somebody's sexuality as just sort of a flip. It, it wasn't like the word; those sorts of words almost take on new meaning when they get that casual in societal conversation. Like if you use the G word in like, you know, making fun of your friend or something like that, it almost became like stop being lame or stop yep. being loser or the R word was, you know, um, you know, use your head like right. it wasn't even directly related, but it still hurts people who are affected by the by having those situations in their life. If someone's struggling with their sexuality or somebody has a family member or a friend who's affected by uh, mental or physical ailments, you, you got to be courteous enough to know that you can't use those words in conversation, period, whether that's in privacy, the privacy of your home or 
in public or, you know, at, listen, we're all imperfect. We'll slip once in a while. Like you said, I don't think Terry Bradshaw is a bad person or I don't think he's anti-mental health or anything like that. I don't think him slipping up like that is a reflection of that. But the bottom line is you just need to know better. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's something that will come in time. And I think, you know, every every student of a broadcast school or in any university right now, I think is also going through almost a different training than maybe not what we had, but maybe, you know, the older generation of broadcasters went through. I think there's a, a whole new glossary of terms that you need to make sure are completely out of your vernacular by the time you're, you're on the air. So it, it's an interesting thing in our industry. And a lot of people go through the same thing on social media for their right. companies and all that. But we're in the unique position that we're speaking into a microphone most of the time that is live on the air, going out to a massive signal all across the city of Atlanta and online and, you know, in an app that you can be listening to anywhere. So it, it's crazy. And it's interesting to, to think of just how much thought process has to go in it beforehand to keep yourself from slipping up and in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, to close out, I don't think Terry Bradshaw needs to be fired or anything like that. No. Like I said, maybe a week off, you know, just and just have somebody, you know, sit down with him and just maybe a refresher on, hey, listen, you know, uh, we all slip up. Sometimes we get caught in the moment. And but just here's a reminder of sort of where we are and the things that are important in society today, as opposed to, you know, when you were playing quarterback, it's just a different world and. It doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree. That's the way that it is. And we're more um, socially conscious and aware of different groups that are affected with different things. And you would hope that, you know, as a decent human being, you would want to be um, thoughtful and mindful of, of different groups and, and be as inclusive as possible. And that's what makes what Kyrie and Kanye and Ter what Terry Bradshaw did all the more um, unfortunate because all that does is push an agenda of exclusivity and uh, or, or whatever the word is of, of being somebody who is pushing out there a narrative that I'm going to pass judgment on a specific group of people um, who don't deserve it. And who frankly have had, you know, trials and tribulations for centuries and even longer than that. So there's just no need yep. for it in society and you just need to be, aware and mindful and and just try to be the best person that you can be again we're not perfect but we got to just try our best right and one you know there is a, a distinction that i know you made and that i want to hit home as well there is a, a clarification between terry bradshaw and kyrie irving and kanye west it's just all yes. it's all happening at the same time is what we're saying the, the kanye west and the kyrie thing you know, I, I don't want to speak for them necessarily, but it appears that there is a genuine thought process behind what Kyrie is saying and what he's not saying that uh, that, that separates him out a little bit from uh, from the Terry. Right. Bradshaw Whereas Terry just was speaking extemporaneously and just right. spoke out of turn. No, absolutely. That's right. a T word to close us out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 
and he just misspoke. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Off Air Podcast. A lot of we we got a little heavy and deep today, Steve, but that's never a bad thing. You know, no. sports isn't they they say sports is the escape, and sports radio is the candy store where you go to get the candy, aka the escape. But you know what? When when heavy topics need to be addressed, Steve and I'll be there for you. Veteran newsman Stephen Gagliano and myself. Every there it is. We almost Every, got through the whole episode with no bell, so I felt like that one was an important yeah, one. Yeah, we, we, we needed a media nugget there. All right. For Stephen Gagliano, my fellow 929 The Game producer, I am Chris Thomas. We'll catch you guys in just a couple days. Falcons Panthers on Thursday. We'll obviously get you ready for that. And uh, Hawks got a big game tonight as well. I'm excited to. Talk about that one with you as the 9-0 and should be 8-1 and Milwaukee Bucks come to Atlanta. All right, this has been the latest episode of the Off-Air Podcast.